Chapter Twenty Nine of A Dash for a Throne by Arthur W. Marchmont. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Twenty Nine, Count von Rudloff. The effect of my announcement was supreme. I myself was deeply affected, and in the moments of critical silence during which the Emperor and his old confidential adviser stood gazing at me, I could not raise my head to meet their looks. The Kaiser was the first to speak. "'You have amazed me. I know you now, but I did not. What was the meaning of your pretended death? Rise, I do not wish you to kneel to me.' there seemed a little hope in the last sentence i got up slowly it was not premeditated sire i gave my word to count von augener here stay interposed the kaiser quickly turning a frowning face to his adviser what is this i should prefer to discuss these matters in private with your majesty was the answer not without what appeared to me to be some anxiety would you prefer to retire at once as your majesty pleases this reply was given with great reluctance be it so then and the old man went away giving me a glance of hate as he passed i did not understand the meaning of this development and stood waiting in silence for the imperial command to speak the silence lengthened itself into minutes and when i ventured to glance at the kaiser i was disconcerted to find he was staring at me fixedly and as it seemed very sternly but there were certain symptoms of unrest and agitation that made me believe that he was forcing himself rather to repress every trace of the feelings i had roused when at length he spoke his voice had a depth and a vibration which told me who knew him so well how strongly he was moved why have you done this why deceive me with the gorgeous lie of your death and funeral why never declare yourself till now there was much more reproach than anger in the tone and i began to hope again may i tell your majesty plainly all that occurred when that mad thing happened on the yacht a madness that will be an ever-pressing grief and shame to me to my dying hour i went out feeling that only death at my own hands could wipe out the disgrace of it i should have killed myself that night but for the reflection that my death might come to be publicly associated with what had happened then the next day count von augener came and told me that unless i was dead within a week my death would be an infamous one the threat was unneeded sire that day i went to berlin to dr mein and i went on to give him a succinct account of all the circumstances by which the old doctor had led me to believe that i was dying and had played out the drama of my funeral while i lay in his house unconscious i set out from berlin i continued to make the career which the old man had spoken of 
and my first effort was on the stage there i learned the secret of disguise and became what you see me to all intents and purposes another man in appearance a little more than a year ago the doctor died and left me his large fortune and i was once again set roaming alive but without a life to live when i was carried against my will and in spite of my protests to gramberg and plunged into the seething cauldron of intrigue there the rest your majesty knows and it remains only for me to say that the one wild hope i had in carrying this intrigue forward was that i might perhaps so control the position here in munich as to prove myself of service to you sire and be able to plead it as a ground for your pardon his majesty had made no comment during the whole narrative and now he stood for some moments without making a reply he stared steadfastly at me the whole time with an expression of sombre stern melancholy when he spoke at length it was in the firm quick decisive tone which he used when his mind was made up and his course chosen i accept your story absolutely for i believe you incapable of intentional deceit toward me so far as the countess minna is concerned it will be my personal care to see that she is righted and her enemies thwarted he ceased as abruptly as he had spoken may i thank you i began you have no right to speak for her he interrupted shortly i took the rebuff in silence and stood wondering what he would say as to my own affairs there came another long trying pause you did wrong very wrong he burst out with sudden vehemence speaking almost passionately i have been badly served in your matters you were no more to blame than i myself and you have made me bear for five years the secret fear that i drove you to your death and i have cares enough without that he stopped and i looked up as if to speak but he silenced me with a gesture and the grandeur of his dignity awed me i recognized the supremely unselfish magnanimity of his act and i longed to put my feelings into words but i fell back abashed and speechless before the sense of intense power and majesty which surrounded him like a subtle magnetic force he stood buried in thought wholly self-absorbed for some minutes and then in the same abrupt manner broke the silence to dismiss me leave me now and remain in the ante-room i will see you later or send you my decision as to yourself i backed to the door bowing and had all but reached it in silence when a hasty movement of his caused me to look up stay he cried and he came toward me with his quick firm stride i cannot let you go like this i am glad you are living you come back to me out of the past that is and must be dead and our friendship is one of the dead things in it an emperor has no friend but his god still we were friends once 
and this is our more proper parting he held out his hand to me and took mine and clasped it and at the clasp of it my blood thrilled in accord with a thousand thoughts and promptings i carried his hand to my lips if your majesty will give me a chance of serving you again in any capacity my life shall be ever at your bidding i spoke from my heart and my voice trembled under the strain of my feelings i believe you but you yourself have made it difficult save for that what might we not have been there was no sternness or harshness in this it was not my emperor who spoke but for one fleeting instant it was the personal lament of my old true friend whose friendship i had cast away the words brought the tears to my eyes and i could not look up at him though i knew his eyes were bent upon me and judged that their light was a kindly one a moment later the mood passed with him or was crushed back by the relentless power of his stern will he drew himself up to his customary rigid soldier-like attitude and said in the short sharp tone of a military command and now leave me i backed out and took my place in the ante-room a prey to a tumultuous rush of emotions which flooded upon me preventing for the moment any attempt at consecutive thought my mind was a maelstrom in which hopes regrets fear and delight were mingled in an indistinguishable whirlpool presently out of the roar and rush of inchoate emotions three thoughts began to dominate me regret bitter maddening and unavailing for the years i had lost and the career i had thrown away wrath wild and vengeful against the old enemy of my family von augener for the treachery of his action toward me and delight infinitely sweet that minna's safety was secured and that after all it was i who had secured it the last outweighed the others and i lost myself in the maze of a love reverie as i sat there picturing the joy that would leap from her eyes and the light that would gladden her beautiful face if only i could be the messenger of the good news and it was to be so after i had waited i know not how long for time goes unmeasured in love dreams some one came and addressed me by a name that made me jump to my feet and stare at the messenger like one half beside himself count von rudloff it was one of the two members of the suit i had seen with the emperor before my interview with him you are addressing me sir i asked i am addressing the count von rudloff he answered with that air of impassive coolness that men of his kind affect i made an effort to regain my self-possession and to answer him with the same measured calmness i am the count von rudloff i said 
i bring you a letter from the emperor count he waited while i tore it open with fingers that trembled it was short and peremptory enough but what did it not mean to me i have decided to restore you to your title and possessions the question of your future career remains in abeyance for the present that was all with the signature of the emperor himself may i be the first to offer a word of congratulation count asked the messenger thank you thank you i murmured it is all unexpected he still waited and i thought there might be something more to add is there anything more to add i asked his majesty suggests that you should travel for a time a year or so perhaps so that the manner of your return to berlin and your resumption of your position may not seem to come as the result of this business here in munich i understand i said though i still seemed in a dream and am i free to go where i please now certainly he returned smiling can i be of any assistance no thank you no i have some urgent business that will not wait another second a minute after that i had left the palace and was hurrying as fast as horses could drag me to minna to tell her the brilliant news End of chapter twenty nine